Welcome to the SaaS Sad Lab podcast, where we interview stories of SaaS founders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. My name is Luis. I'm the founder of Phantom Agency, a digital marketing agency specializing in scaling SaaS companies. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Johnny. He is a co-founder and CEO over at Meeting Room. Thank you so much for being on here today, man. It's a pleasure having you. And to get started, you know, why don't you just give us a little bit of background on where the idea for Meeting Room really came to be? Uh, good place to start. Uh, thanks again for having me on and uh, thanks for get, getting this call up today. So I'm calling here from Dublin today. and uh, Our story began between myself and one of our co-founders, um, starting off um, trying to build a different kind of business between Dublin and eventually Beijing. And long story short, we needed to put a room together to start having that conversation, start having some whiteboard ideas, and then suddenly we we're on a mission to try and kill this business idea by getting a customer on board to look at our virtual meeting rooms compared to something like Skype for Business and hopefully tell us that ah, there was not enough difference to pursue this. Uh, we got the different answer where it was definitely um, in the positive versus um, the video calls for group collaboration. And that started our journey off back in March 2017. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And what was the the biggest issue that you kind of came across with right when you started the company? Oh, we were trying to have tough conversations across borders and time zones, really basic. We'd all lived a life under different, I suppose, different um, different careers, but where it came together, uh, both from Paul, both from an AB, um, we came together from, I suppose, uh, how can we have a better way to meet as a really simple, basic mission, I suppose, at the, at the beginning to say, right, that's a nice high level thing, 50,000 level, uh, 50,000 uh, foot view. Right. How do we do that? And then rather than saying replacing the one-on-one call like we're having today, like perfectly fine, does the job. Both of our heads look about the right shape for both of our brains to go, you're a human. Let's continue this conversation. I don't have to spend too much time wondering why you look a little ill around the gills today all about system one and system two thinking from the pure, you know, it's a brain game. We're trying to get people to believe in shared presence across borders. Mm -hmm. And for us, we had to have some difficult conversations about, you know, those times you need a whiteboard, those times you need to have a sticky note wall where you can leave notes for each other the next time you actually want to see each other, as opposed to maybe stick it into an instant message chat or something like that. Mm -hmm. But where we fit is not necessarily taking on the one-on-one works right now we're doing it it's fantastic i can see your head uh as i've said already and it's not for the maybe one to many where you know you're doing a webinar type thing what we found along that journey and i know a lot of your people listening are on the beginning of that journey or from the very beginning to the not so near the beginning and what we found was our niche is around small group high participation group um, meetings where people are looking to get everyone in together and participate and collaborate you know right in a cool manner and I think that's one of the things that we see a lot, right? It's like, like you said, when we have the one-on-one, it's relatively easy to just be on here and continue the conversation. But when you have say 15 people or even five people plus, it starts to get a little complicated um, to, to obviously manage the conversation and just understand where everyone's at, especially when it gets so big that you can't see the entire people on there. So is that one of the things that meeting room kind of solves? Yeah, so you know when you're in that Brady Bunch style meeting and suddenly you're not sure whose turn it is to speak? Mm. Um, and you actually do, not those meetings where you don't want anybody to speak. And there are those kind of meetings where it's you know a check-in and it's very clear whose turn it is to speak. <clears throat> where this comes in is if you're doing a design workshop, if you're getting around the table, you need to have a tough conversation, be it good, bad, or ugly. Um, 
and we found that just uh, we found that the office has been changing overall anyway um not just because of what's going on right now but because people are looking for different outcomes from work from that from the balance point of view mm. from the I suppose we, when we began, we were nearly uh, we were called hippies or eco warriors at times, and now it's all about ESG, uh, environment, sustainable, and governmental end of things. And for us, it's just about doing the right thing, making software that helps people do specific things, not trying to take on the world of video conferencing. That's what's getting us through this particular crisis, yeah. and what people are prepping for right now is the next stage where. We work very much with Fortune 500s, large enterprise customers who have these problems at scale. Um, they might not call it remote work right at the gate. It's, it's under many different auspices from business continuity to just how do we communicate internally um, and externally. And for us, what we found is it's really driving that problem point up for other places such as SMEs and everyone who's having to figure out how to work from home right now. Mm -hmm. But what we've seen being the long-term trend, yes, there will be some really interesting behavior changes to come out of it. Right. Neither you nor I know anybody listening has a clue what that will actually be by the end of it. And it's going to be different everywhere, by the way, depending on how we all react to these things and not just look at the next three weeks and three months, but look at the next two years. What's this going to mean? Um, so for us, being really specific about who we can help and who we can, I suppose, fit in our sidecar and make sure they have a great trip um, mm -hmm. as they go out in this virtual journey, that's where we help. We're, we're digital concierges. <laughs> there you go. So that's one of the things that I wanted to bring up, right? It's obviously there's, there's a lot of changes going on right now very fast. Some people, I would say most people, I mean, nobody really saw it coming, right? But most people are going to see it as a negative thing. I think there's obviously the way to look at this in a, in a positive manner, right? Like obviously a lot, I think a lot of companies, even though they're suffering now, they're going to realize that there's different ways to run their companies that is going to be more profitable with less overhead, right? They're going remote stuff like that. Has meeting room seen any changes at all, even with your suite, uh, you know, like your, your perfect customer, the, the, uh, uh, 500 customers, do you see more of those people coming on board? Has this affected the way you do business at all? Yeah, I mean, it's tested our qualification skills, to say the least, in terms of, you know, bringing people, the right people through, not just nice marketing qualified leads, but making sure that the right fit beyond that and turning that into, you know, someone who's really good fit for you. And it has to be both ways. Our driving, I suppose, one of our driving points for us as a team is if we're not the right fit for a team, we get out of the way. We're not, you know, we are not the right fit for every solution. Mm -hmm. If we are the right team, we go deep. We, we really hammer it out with people. We bring people through a maturity model. And I suppose what's, what answers your question, we, not to go into lots of stats, but we've had an incredible jump in interest. And that's in both the people who we can serve a little bit later and those who we want to work with right now. Um, and by that, I mean who we can help the best right now and maybe not tomorrow. But over the next three and six and nine months, as this market really forms, because what we aim to do, again, is solve specific problems. We do not apply technology. We have, obviously, we're a technology company, but we solve people's problems from a room-by-room -room basis. And that even links in with our own business model, I suppose, but I can go back into that in a while. Uh, but in terms of keeping it really simple, I'm thinking for the marketing audience here, uh, what we had to do is really figure out who can we point in the right direction or either be it internally with us or to someone else in our space who might be able to help that certain person a little better because again 
it's an early space. It's, uh, it's really pushing out right now. And it's definitely driven up in terms of priorities for 2020 and beyond. Uh, but people right now are panicking. I think that's the real human side of what we're seeing at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, just make sure I've got another light on here for a second. I think I just forgot to do the human thing of turning my light on behind me. But um, in terms of the human side of how people are actually dealing with this right now, some people are panicking. Some people are being proactive. We're seeing it across the board, different approaches. There is no right answer right now. And I try to spend, I spend a lot of my time living expectations and that's the right thing to do right now. Mm. Don't just try and get a quick and easy sale uh, because someone was in need. If you can help that person do that with your product, with your business and what you're doing, fantastic. If you're looking for something new because of something that's going on, it's not going to serve you or your company in the long term. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So what do you say, you know, have you, have you seen any sort of, I guess, kind of answers the question what you said earlier about, you know, there's obviously people acting in different ways. Some people are panicking, uh, but overall, I think people are moving really fast. Have you seen a specific quality in the people that are deciding to go with meeting room now than that make them a perfect customer, if that makes sense? Uh, well, a lot of people we were working with prior to all this going on and bringing, we only count a customer as someone who's gone beyond proof of concept. We don't, everyone who signs up to our door is obviously, or everyone who comes through our front door does not necessarily mean the same way if you're a Regus or WeWork, they're not necessarily your, your customer right out the gate. They're coming in for a tour. They're coming in to understand the space that you're providing them for, for mm -hmm. providing to them. And what we aim to do from that is, uh, sorry, to answer the question, we've had a lot of our perfect fit customers come through the door, but some of them come through the door a little early. Some of them come through at just the right time. And what we're focusing on is people who are proactive, have a specific problem they want to solve, have a link in with what we're trying to do rather than just trying to jam technology in. And we've, we've, had, a, we've had some of our biggest milestones come through in the middle of all this. And that's not someone just getting in touch for the first time. Yes, there's been many of the, oh, I can't believe uh, you, came and, you, you came and got in touch six months earlier and we thought we'd be reaching out to you. But for us, we brought some of our some of our biggest milestones have come in the middle of all this storm and from running an early stage business point of view we found focus in the middle of all all of this that's going on right now mm -hmm. and uh, it, it's been fantastic because i work with a great team and um, which makes things a lot easier it doesn't matter if you're already remote or just getting remote or whatever stage of the point you're at um working with the right people and understanding that uh, marketing is not just about uh, and running the business is not just about making money mm -hmm. it's about making sure that everyone's okay and totally. I know a lot of people right now are talking about how oh we were already remote and we're doing fantastic and yes most companies who were already equipped for this are doing okay mm -hmm. some aren't but everyone that share, everyone shares one thing we're all going through something together um, and there's people behind the screen there's people outside our home offices and like, this is the new suit at the moment. What is behind you in your office? And that's the same for a couple hundred million people who it wasn't the same yeah. for before Christmas. The best thing you can do in times like that is do the right thing. And that is serve who you can help and be honest with the people who you either can't now or will later, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Totally. I love that. I love that a lot. As far as marketing goes, what is... And in, in, in sales in, in your space, what is one of the biggest objections that you get from people that are potentially interested? Right? Because it feels like a lot of a lot of the business that you get comes 
I guess, organically, like they're already looking for the solution, right? Or at least a lot of the ones that, that end up becoming a client and stay on for a long time. But I think even then, it seems like there might be some education barriers that you and your team need to, to break through to get to the, to the close. Absolutely. And it's, I work in enterprise sales here in terms of what, how we work. And it's not a short cycle by any, any stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. um, most people start off with us in a bit of discovery and we bring them through a maturity model. And at every step of the way, they're getting proof points. And it's not just coming in and selling technology and it's not just finding the right use case. You've got to validate that. You've got to show that value as well. And there's a whole different levels, not just what you've got in your digital front end or what's going up in your blog. It's making sure that everyone's treated the right way. And again, I, uh, I suppose I come from a, a background, not only in marketing, but in events for years. And the best events, the ones that people remember, and you remember a good time. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing when it comes to, I suppose, <laughs> I'll call it my boring office software. <clears throat> we get people to meet in a more effective way. It's, it's gonna change the world in different ways. And it's not supposed to be, we live in Ready Player One. For us, the point is, imagine you went the other direction where we didn't spend all day in VR and you got to spend more time doing the real things, which is having a, having a life, but also getting back to work um, because, you know, you don't have death by meeting. You don't want to have all these different, you know, lovely, lovely Dilbert uh, comics that could pop up about the average work life. What's coming up right now and what we see coming over the coming years and as this technology adopts overall it's going to be a new way of getting to work. And we are seeing definite some things, things that are going off people's brains right now. Right. As we're talking, it's the middle of April. So people are right now getting you a few weeks ago, it was people really reacting going, Oh, how are we going to do this? We, you know, we might be, these are some people who might never have dealt with cloud services before. And yes, that still exists. People yeah. are still adopting all of these lovely terms that you and I are probably well attuned to. We can't assume anything. Yeah, and exactly your point on education. There's been a lot of education in this space and we're standing on the shoulders of giants here, not just for the last three to five years, but the last 20 to 30 years. Mm -hmm. This is not the first generation of, we can do VR meetings, we can have VR entertainment, we can have a whole different medium come on our doors. What we're going through right now though is one of the first, I wouldn't say consumer adoption just yet, we're getting there. Yeah. But we are getting to the point where it's not as hard a what the point is, I suppose. Maybe three months ago, people were still asking certain bits and pieces in terms of where does this fit in the organization? The difference between now and then is, and, and like any, any technology, people are getting more specific about what they want to do. Mm. That's great for companies looking to start off in this area. It's great for the people who've right. been there for quite a while. But most importantly, the customers are getting, we're going beyond, I suppose, the, uh, the Blackberry and the Nook era whatever way you want to put it. I, I actually look at it more like a client said to me recently, very, very smart guy. Uh, he was like, look, it's more like television adoption. It took a number of major events to get yeah. everyone to buy a black and white TV. And actually, ironically enough, we all started off and nearly failed by everyone jumping in front of a camera and jumping and <laughs> doing radio. We've come full circle. Yeah. The point, the point is, it'll get there. It's getting better. I, I, I come from... I suppose I'd be biased toward as a bit of a gamer myself anyway, but from a collaboration point of view, the education point is not so much about why this technology is better. Mm. It's where this fits. And I, when I would say where it fits, it's why would you use, why would you move beyond the face to face of the, what we're doing right. right now? 
and what's the real added value not just it's better presence that's fantastic i can hear you like you're sitting in the table beside me and they're basic requirements i would expect from any platform like us working in the area got to simulate the real life at the, as best you can but you're not absolutely not trying to replace it I look at this as a new form of mobility, and I suppose that's what we spend more of our time educating about is, yeah. if I said to you, look, if we were meeting in real life today, and I said, you're looking an awful lot like your car today, uh, your Buick, you might get a little bit offended. Uh, whereas when I show up in meeting room, my beard is nicely trimmed because my barber has done the right thing and been on strike for about six weeks now, and I'm holding out as long as I can um, in support or laziness, I'm not sure. Um, but in terms of when I show up in meeting room, I've got an avatar, I've got my head in my hands, I can give body language, I'm not giving all my facial language yet, that will, that, that will come with time and generations of headsets. But what I can do, I can give full body language, I can have the right tonality in, in rooms that, you know, if I'm having a good or a bad conversation with you and a team at the end of the week or the start of a week, <clears throat> by the sheer click of a um, putting someone in a different colored room, you can change the dynamic completely. So the point is providing these spaces for group dynamics when you're trying to de-bias situations um, and really just let people get around the table and remote problem solve. Mm -hmm. That can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but it all starts around the table. Totally. I agree with that. Now, earlier you mentioned that you move away from self-serve service, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we were kind of, we were So in the middle of all this, um, we had, we had opened our platform uh, about two years out back by doing self-service. And it was when we were really finding where our niche was and trying to let as many people tear our platform apart and really, you know, give the rooms a good robust uh, run through. Yeah. What that helped us develop was a very reliable system, which in the world we work in, reliability is number one. You've got to make sure everything's secure. You've got to make sure everything acts the right way because if you're, if you're planning a meeting and it doesn't happen, can't be the meeting rooms. It can't be because you left the door locked. Uh, if this is happening in real life, the same thing applies with us. The right. right people get into the right room and all these different bits and pieces. And for us, we really do try and give a good first time experience. So what we've been doing and um, what we just made a decision to do was rather than throw our doors wide open and not be able to serve everyone as best we could, because we're a small team. We are in the beginning of, of an amazing business, but we are very specific about making sure that everything stays reliable. And that is not just from a platform point of view, but also from a customer service point of view. Right. I much prefer to, I spend most of my days getting in rooms with people, getting them kicked off, working through their, our maturity model with them over the course of weeks and months to actually bring this out into wider, I suppose the wider organizational population. Mm. And uh, what, we, what, this, what we found with the self-service, and this is just, um, you gotta know who you're trying to serve. And we weren't, we're not there to service every single person who comes up to the door. We're there right. for people who have problems that they really need to prove and bring that forward. And um, we're a large enterprise. That's our skill set. That's what we're very good at. And it's what we've really doubled down on. So when we closed the self-service, it was a case of going, look, we would talk to nearly everyone who comes through the door as best we can anyway, and at least try and say, look, what are you actually trying to solve here? If we can help in any way, we do. But as a rule, we are working with people who work in the enterprise and for them, it's not just getting in and kicking the tires of the room right away. We'll be meeting in a room very, very quickly after someone comes, comes to our website, meetingroom.io. But what we do is we like, to, 
we actually get on a video call a lot of the time because it is nice to put a face to face. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of the first part of my part of this life putting um, faces to avatars three months after the, after the fact because we'd be meeting someone, we'd be doing all of our engagements and then it would come to the point where oh, we should probably say hello on a video call at some yeah. point, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but the point is for us, look, the whole thing is about getting people face to face again. That's the ultimate driver. I know we're making virtual reality meeting rooms, yeah. but the whole point is, we can serve specific people really well. And that's the key when you're building up a business near the beginning or at any point, you're doing specific things and trying to execute well. And that's what, that's what we focus on, making sure that those who come through our doors have a very good time in terms of they have a better meeting experience. They have teams who are more engaged and build better rapport over time. And a lot of that comes from being, I said it before, but we're digital concierges and I want to make sure that everyone who comes through right. gets what they gets what they're looking for. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now to shift here to a little bit more personal, you know, side of things as far as being a founder, uh, you know, building a business, stuff like that. I want to ask what is the, on a personal level, right? What is the hardest, the, the, the most difficult challenge that you've been faced with? Oh, ever. Oh, that's a difficult one. I'll pick up more of a trend that I always focus on, um, which is prior, priorities. And be that from not just what do I do every day for work, what's the best thing to do this month, this quarter, this year for the business or whatever you're doing at the time. Mm. It's getting that balance from a family point of view. It's getting that balance from, you know, making sure you have your own time as well. Uh, I've worked remotely my entire life. I didn't realize it um, until it became a new uh, I wouldn't say new cool thing to do, but it's definitely getting another wave of evangelism right now, which yeah. is great. It, it's fantastic that other people get to unlock the opportunities I've gotten from doing this for as long as I have. My first remote first remote team was playing EverQuest as I think an 11-year-old uh, through a 56K dial-up. But from a professional point of view, uh, I actually would have run uh, nightclub events between Boston and Dublin as my first remote job running two Monday nights across different nights the time zones. That was a fun summer or two, and actually a year or two, because I ended up working with that place for a bit longer after that. Um, but for me, the whole, the whole point of what we're doing, for me, uh, sorry, in terms of the issues we've had with that, uh, turning off, I wouldn't say I've had a full burnout or anything like that. Uh, I don't think I've been privileged enough to hit that just yet. Um, in terms of milestones, I suppose, in terms of people who talk about it these days. But what I really try and focus on is, work-life balance and it's something I've had to really keep in line um, and it's, it, it is a struggle because I love what I do and that's not just because what I'm doing right now is fantastic it's because I pick stuff that I really get passionate about um, I would be your classic passionate founder um, but I also like to be someone who follows up on that passion and makes sure that make sure that look this has a reason and um, this has a means to do it and if you don't Every entrepreneur is a social entrepreneur, whether whether they like to believe it or not. Whether yeah. you're creating five jobs or five hundred or whatever your goals for that business might be, mm-hmm. prioritize yourself first. You have to, because so, at the especially at the beginning, if you don't, if you get hit by a bus, I know that's the usual catchphrase on these things. But if you hit burnout, if you do hit that unproductivity bit from doing too much, um, be that from work or in family life or whatever the case may be. You just got to make sure you bring it all together. And for me, small things like going for that 20 minute run or slow plot, I'm not a runner by definition. <laughs> but in terms of making those efforts and doing new things a quarter, that's something I've really been working on for the last two or three years now. And um, awesome. doing, some, doing something, even if it's one thing, 
I mean, last quarter, I'm not joking. It was make sure I eat porridge every morning. I'm not joking. Something as small as that can make such a difference to yeah. everything. Um, and routines are good, <laughs> say the least. I, I definitely think so. I think, uh, especially this time, right? I feel like a lot of us, meaning just the entire population that is now having to be stuck at home, like you said, like you've been working, you know, remotely for a long time and, and I've been doing that too now. And I feel like we start to take things for granted, like going out and just walking, uh, you know, that, that sort of thing where now I didn't do it much before. I mean, I, I got out, but I would go out in the morning to, to go to the gym or something, but you know, I never thought about it. And now it feels like I'm really stuck, uh, without, you know, the ability to go somewhere. So I think if, if you have the ability to, go out and, and take a fresh breath, you know, uh, you know, uh, during the day and stuff like that, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. But look, <clears throat> what's really fun building on what he asked last, but also just looking at how, so wrapping up the education side for me, I, I, I ran off on something there. Um, and I wanted to make a point, which was for me, this whole VR for work thing, um, which obviously I'm trying to be a big part of, um, by what we do, it's not just about providing for me better meetings. Um, it's about living that life and trying to set an example of, imagine if we didn't all play video games all day and talking from someone who definitely spent a, little, a few too many hours playing Red Dead Redemption, and um, which I saved for you know, a rainy day. And there's been some pretty rainy days lately for all of us. Yeah. Um, so the point is, it's not about separating out for all time. Um, take today, for example, before I think it was my one or two o'clock, I jumped in for two rounds of paintball and rec room and it was fantastic fun. It got me into a fun state of mind. I was resetting myself and same as if you go for a walk. I didn't actually, I, I'm not, obviously we're all trying not to go out so much. We're on lockdown right now. Yeah. I do not try and do all my exercise in VR to be very specific. It's great, but it doesn't replace the real thing. Never will. And it'll definitely make it more fun. No yeah. brainer on that. Um, but in terms of going for a short walk to the shop, doing these small little bits and pieces, uh, we were talking with a customer this morning, actually, I referred to it as going for the prison walk. You have a routine and it's so important. And the reason I was talking about porridge before was, yeah. what was really important. What's really important is doing small things to get out of your own way. Yeah. And even saying, I think I reset up this office in January by pure luck in hindsight of how things are going right now, because I couldn't even buy a webcam or mic as it sounds right now, or at least I'll be waiting for an awful lot longer. And if your life is living on, calls like this yeah then you've got to make sure you show up with the right tools every time that used to be the car or arriving on time for the airplane so you could arrive for the 10 o'clock meeting across the pond or whatever the case it was right but now it's can you show up on time can everyone hear you can everyone see you when it comes back to meeting room it's about can you engage and can you participate Mm -hmm. that's our driving force and that I suppose is why where yes there's a lot of interest in this area right now because more people are having the same problems and that's when things get really interesting in terms of going deeper on those use cases being able to turn statements into facts is an important thing for any business to be able to do mm -hmm. and what we did I think I was mentioning earlier on we uh we tried to take apart our idea from day one by working with a fantastic partner, Bank of Ireland, to uh, just test the difference between Skype for Business and our platform. Mm -hmm. uh, that was back in our very first week, back in actually March 2017. And uh, I'm pretty sure I just remember we missed our third birthday because we've been a few busy weeks. Um, but in terms of what we found from that and our first points of first proof points, not the proof, there's never the proof. The proof is your customer saying your product is awesome. 
you guys help us do x y or z Sweet. small small things like um getting an email saying oh you, you killed off our friday afternoon email thread because we got in the room and had a quick coffee about things as a group beyond the video call beyond when they need to do certain things that's what gets me fired up you know it might be uh I remember my first time having a number of avatars. I was on desktop like I am right now. And it works across platform. We're obviously virtual reality meeting rooms. Yeah. And the best way of getting a full immersion is hopping into your VR headset. But when you're coming into, uh, when you're working in any business, you have to be able to come in from any point. So I think the office has had a big issue with bring your own devices So back in the past. Yeah. So we just built that in from day one. So if you're coming in from a desktop and you're sitting at your table, and you're sitting at your virtual table, even via desktop, um, and you've got eight people looking at you, you know it's your turn to speak. <laughs> Small little nuances like that. Yeah. That's the human side of this. It's not about just building tech. It's mm -hmm. trying to make it as simple for people to get access to the tools they need to make important decisions. And we're going through a time right now right. where decision-making is paramount, and it's going to affect how we react and be, how, we, how we plan for the next few years is being decided right now. Not not yesterday, not tomorrow. Well, more decisions tomorrow, but yeah, keeping it really simple. Um, that's what people have to do with this kind of stuff. I completely agree. Now, running a little bit uh, out of time here, Johnny, but no problem. To to kind of wrap up with a couple last questions, if you could, you know, if somebody that wanted to start a company, they didn't necessarily know what they wanted to do, or somebody that's early stage came to you and said, you know. If you, if you could do something early on that you didn't do, what would that have been? Surround yourself with uh, not smarter people. That's a given. Um, especially if you're founding a company, you've got to, you've got to have the passion and the drive to bring really good people together. Mm -hmm. And that'll change year to year, quarter to quarter. But if I was to go back in time, and I've said this uh, with this company, I've surrounded myself with mentors. And uh, not just for a quick chat every now and again, but for very specific things mm -hmm. and not even for all time. You work with people for when you need them and for trying to improve yourself and your team. Um, I think going out and those mentors for me have come from people from my past, people from people I've reached out to is basically as chatting with someone on LinkedIn can be the smallest but most effective yeah. thing to start a real relationship um, and, and eventually do get face to face with someone. I know right now, a lot of new conversations that can, that can be started all over the world, but you're trying to create something meaningful with someone. Don't just talk to someone because you want to say in the next meeting you have with the next person, oh, I'm talking to so-and-so. Um, that's not the point of meeting people. Uh, it, <laughs> that's not just because I do meeting software. Um, it's, you have to create that real relationship. And if you can, if you can be as self-aware as possible, by saying, you know what, I'm not brilliant at X, Y, or Z, or I haven't done this particular yeah. thing before. Go find someone who has. And I know that's probably one of the most overused things on any podcast or any of these things ever. But honestly, it's the truth. Go and talk to people who, you know, whether you can even your competitors at times, talk to people. You'll find that, hey, you're not actually doing the same thing. You might've known that already, but it's great to link up with other people who are making things happen. And usually in startup land, you're doing something new. There's going to be other yeah. people doing that. There's a good chance, and this is a key thing to remember, actually, you're going to probably work with people in your industry over the next few years. It's not just this company. It's the next, or it's other, other opportunities that come along the line. And mm -hmm. you never know which side of the table you're going to end up on with someone. 
Yeah. So reaching out and talking to people from every aspect of what makes sense. Don't just talk to people for the sake of it. You know, have a reason, have a meaning behind what you're doing and at all times be authentic. There's no no point trying to put a show on for people. And it's okay not knowing who you are yet. That's also fine. I know everyone gets the, um, it's, I get terrible posture, imposter syndrome. Still do, always will. It's, the, it's my butterflies in the stomach. That's kind of what helps drag you out by the socks in the morning, you know? Yeah, yeah. But be yourself, be authentic. And if you know yourself, then you'll know where you're good at, but also where you're not great at. There's better people for everything. Someone else has walked that path already. There's right. very few there's very few original ideas and things that haven't been done before. So totally think about it, you know, does that yeah, make sense? Think, oh, a hundred percent. I think one of the best places too, for, for anything like that, I feel like, and even if that's like, I feel like now we have just a vast, you know, supply of, of knowledge from whether you want to go online and read someone's blog uh, or just go on LinkedIn, connect with someone that, like you said, has done something before uh, but also books, you know, like they have so much value from people that have done amazing things in the past. It just, I think reading is one of the best places to find a mentor in this case and just trying to obviously n not have as much information as possible, but get information that you can actually use and apply. The quickest way to figure out someone's workflow is read their book if you're looking at it from that point of view. Yeah. But actually on that point, saying thank you to someone who wrote a good book or wrote a good blog post or something can sometimes lead to... I've had more virtual coffees the last few months because I got on a call with someone and we shot the breeze. We didn't go necessarily into work. We didn't necessarily just tear into the article that we were both talking about. You make some real connections. And if you find, if you can, if you find someone who you keep reading their content over and over, don't pester them, but maybe reach out and say, Hey, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it can make it, a, it can mean a lot for someone to know. And you know, we're all doing the same thing. Validation, whether it's, if you're writing out content, do people actually read it? Even letting someone know that you've read it can be a big deal for some people. But it could also be if you if you disagree with someone, that's okay. Opinions are fantastic. And getting that discussion, uh, it's uh, that's a big part of when I was talking about getting around the table. When we began the company, we're all very different people, both who run the business and who get, are going to get involved in the future. And diversity is not about time zones and all these different bits and pieces. That's by That's a given. Mm -hmm. if you want to build something good get different people around the table with you everyone doesn't have to agree on everything yeah That's, you know exactly. if everyone's saying the same thing it could equally be the right thing but could it also be the very very wrong thing yeah and that will help from going out and talking to other people whether it's customers whether it's mentors whether it's whatever case it may be but starting with your when you're especially at that very very beginning mm -hmm. you don't necessarily have to find a founder on day one Founders come in either at different times or at different points of the business to say, look, I need to figure out, is this a business first? Then I need to see who do I actually need to help build this business and make sure that you've got the right people on board because you could end up five years into a business and realize, oh, well, we can do X, but we want it to be Y. And right. Why did we get there? <laughs> you know, and not knowing, not knowing why you're winning is the biggest killer. Mm -hmm. You know, it, 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 it's, a, it's a time like this, actually, where that will really show businesses who understand how they work are able to adopt things like work from home a little bit easier because it's not a sudden, well, if I'm not sitting beside you, does everything still happen? Yeah. It's, so in the same way, preparing, preparing, preparing and all these little bits and pieces and saying thanks along the way can make a huge difference to getting through tough times like this and finding that competitive advantage over the next few years.
Love that. Love that. Thank you, Johnny, so much for, for everything that you shared. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I think we'll wrap up with that. And last question, where can people find you online? Oh, yeah, uh, I'm on LinkedIn mainly. Um, I do tweet a bit, but I'm not. I, 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 <laughs> I've deleted most of my mobile apps from my phone because I'm actually seeing at home all the time, treating myself yeah. as not in the field. But um, no, follow me on. If you can catch me at Johnny Cosgrove on pretty much every, um, every platform um, from Facebook to Twitter and all these bits and pieces. But LinkedIn is where I live most. Awesome. And, me, and obviously meetingroom.io, that's where you can come to find out and check things out. Um, say hello if you want, uh, want to drop by or if you ever want to drop, uh, catch a virtual coffee, feel free to reach out. Thank Perfect. you. Thank you so much, Johnny, and we'll catch you next time. Brilliant. Have a nice day. Stay safe.